we do first is we set our goals. Mm -hmm. We set our very specific goals, not only of how much money we want to make, but what we want to spend our money on, what that life looks like, what that life. And the biggest thing, when you set your goals for the future and what that life looks like, narrow it down to what does that cost? How much are you going to budget? Like, what do you budget on living? What do you budget on eating when you budget on travel what does that life that you want not only does it like this is what I'm going to do and this is what it's going to be like what does that actually cost narrow it down get specific and not only does that help you make more money because you have a specific goal that you want to work towards but when you're making spending decisions when you're deciding to go out when you're deciding to do whatever you know, it isn't that I don't have enough money to do this thing that I want that's in front of me. It's more, I'm really excited about spending it on something else that's more important to me. So I'm going to not spend it on what's in front of me and I'm going to spend it on what's more important to me. Welcome to the Female Leadership Collective podcast. I'm your host, Susie Clark. On this show, we're all about helping high-achieving women authentically find purpose and build fulfilling online businesses. I believe the key to happiness is channeling our talents into something that we really deeply care about. That's why I left my six-figure career in finance in London, moved to Asia, and now run my own mission-led business in paradise. I found purpose and happiness in my life, and I want to empower you to do the same. In today's world, we are so lucky in that we no longer have to work in the same office every single day. We can start our own online businesses and travel the world. On this show, I bring you examples of amazing role models who have done just that, quit their corporate jobs and successfully run online businesses. We talk through all things entrepreneurship, purpose, travel, femininity, nothing is off limits. I'm here to inspire you to spend your life doing something you truly love and make the impact you really want to make on the world. Before we start today, I just wanted to tell you about an incredible free event that I've organized called the Female Startup Summit. This is the most exciting announcement and exciting thing I've put out there yet. And I've rounded up seven incredible speakers for you with amazing workshops like branding your business, managing your money as an entrepreneur, human design, getting sales on autopilot using funnels. Like honestly, the lineup is so, so good. I am so excited. And the best part, tickets are absolutely free of charge. And you can sign up using the link in the show notes. So this event is for you. If you have a dream of starting your own online business and moving to Bali or traveling the world, or perhaps you started your business, but you're in a bit of a funky place with it and you want to get some inspiration, this is the event for you. And it's totally free. The summit is designed to be completely convenient for you. So it's easily watchable from anywhere in the world. None of this having to get up in the middle of the night to watch a live video because, you know, let's be honest, no one really wants to do that. (laughs) The speakers have each pre-recorded their value-packed workshops and access will be unlocked one by one every morning from the 10th of July. So all you have to do is find an hour a day to watch each workshop at a time that suits you. Masterclasses will be available for 10 days after July the 10th. And on top of the fact that it's free, We've decided to give everyone who registers the chance to win over $1,000 of prizes. Our speakers have been super generous with the prizes and there are places on their courses, little one-to-one sessions. It's an amazing prize and one lucky winner will take the lot. So you have to be in it to win it, register, and you might win that incredible prize. Head over to the show notes and save your spot now. Spaces are limited, so be quick. And please share the love for this event and encourage your friends to attend too. It's going to be such a valuable week. What you'll learn in this summit could help you start your dream business that could be your ticket out of your nine to five. Honestly, 
honestly, it's going to be amazing. Head to the link in the show notes and sign up now. So today I had the lovely Nikki Bartol on. She is a qualified accountant. She used to work at PwC and she is also a money mindset coach. Um, So Nikki actually ended up leaving PwC in favor of the digital nomad lifestyle. Well, actually she fell into the digital nomad lifestyle and we chat all about that journey and how she went on the digital nomad cruise and how she kept searching until she found her thing, which is marrying the practical skills associated with um, finance and things she learned becoming a qualified accountant with the more spiritual side of things like law of attraction and manifestation and and money mindset tools. So that's what she does in her coaching business today. And I loved this conversation because we really went into um, the digital nomad lifestyle, how to break into it, um, financial tips for people who are thinking about quitting their jobs, um, how to think about saving during that stage, and also what you should be thinking about when you first start your business from a financial perspective as well. Oh, and we also went into money mindset, so many amazing things. So I know that you're going to get so much value from this episode. Welcome, Nikki. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Um, So first of all, let's do a little introduction to you. So tell listeners who you are, what you do. Hi, I am Nikki Bartol. I am a Canadian living in Bali, and I am a money mindset and money management coach. Mm. And we're going to go all into all of those things. Um, But let's start with your corporate background. So let's go way back when. Um, So yeah, talk us into how you ended up in the corporate world and what was your experience. And um, eventually, how did you realize that perhaps this wasn't really what you wanted to do with your life. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I'm actually a certified CPA and, well, CA. And back when I got it, it was one of the top five hardest countries in the world to get your CA designation. And it took me about nine and a half years. So I was like fully in. I went to... First of all, tell everybody what a CA is. Yes, sorry. (laughs) A CA is a chartered accountant or Mm -hmm. a CPA, certified professional accountant. So it was the highest designation you could get in the accountant, you know, accountancy industry Mm -hmm. uh, in Canada at the time. And it was, I ended up working at PwC, which is one of the top four accounting firms in the world. So, you know, I went to school and everybody sought out that like top four accounting firm and you were so happy when you got it. And I yeah. lived downtown Toronto when I was at downtown PwC office and it was the dream. And, you know, soon after, you know, I had to work four years before I became certified or five years before I actually became certified. And after that, you know, everyone leaves the top four accounting firms to go into industry mm-hmm. and you end up making more money for, you know, less hours. And I just didn't really want to do it mm-hmm. anymore. And what I realized was that, you know, this was the dream. I'm the first one in my family to even graduate college mm-hmm. or university, let alone get a like letters at the end of their name, a certification like I had. And I just realized that I was in this corporate environment where it was a bunch of corporations helping other corporations make money and Mm. push people to work. And I didn't feel like I was doing anything good Mm. in the world. And, you know, I wasn't in tax. I was in audit. So I audited financial statements and it was fun. It was like a puzzle every single day, but it, there was nothing good about it. I didn't feel like I was serving the world. And even though I, I specialized in not-for-profit organizations and hospitals, which is my, what I thought was going to be, you know, what was good for the world. It wasn't that. And my father actually lived in the Dominican most of the year. And I visited him so much that I got in, I fell in love with this little town called Cabarete in Mm. Dominican. And it's like a surfer town, a kiter town. And a lot of people who actually lived there, I would make friends with. And I was going back to the corporate world and they were like, why are you doing that? (laughs) Like come and hang out with us on the beach every day. And so when I finally got to the point where I was going to go into industry and find another job, it was, do I want to really do that? And the answer was, was no. And I, you know, had a place to stay in Dominican. I was going to go live with my dad and I spent some time with him. And so I ended up 
saving up and quitting and just moving to the Dominican Republic Mm. for six months. And originally the idea was to save up and just take six months off. I went to India for a month to do my yoga teacher Mm. training and then lived in Dominican and actually performed with a hula hoop on the beach for a few months. Oh, I just love the contrast. (laughs) Accountant to hula hoop. Yeah, I had this like LED hula hoop and a fire hula hoop. So I I hula hoop with fire and it was like one of my passions. So um, yeah, everything just switched. And when I got to Dominican, it just, that was it. And I ended up finding myself in a, working for someone who was selling villas in the complex that we lived in. She just needed some help. And I love going and hanging out with her house because she had at any point in time, like five to 10 rescue dogs that Aww. she like had. So I would just go to her house and roll on the floor with all these dogs and help her. And, and I, that was where I first learned about, you know, marketing. Like it was the first time I worked with a CRM and email marketing and and learned a bunch. And that was the first time I really worked in a way that could be remote because when I left Dominican, I ended up being like, oh, okay, well, I can keep doing this. I went to Burning Man. I went to Acro festivals in New York and New Jersey. I went to Ireland. I did all this stuff Mm. and it just kind of happened. Yeah, You know, I was already just like working in this job that just kind of flowed there was never really an intention to keep traveling or doing this it just just kind of happened and did you ever feel like in the early stages did you ever feel like less of a person because you weren't earning exactly the same as what you were earning back in PwC and you didn't have the title anymore or did it just really not feel like that um it re- I was so focused on having fun and mm. traveling from one place to the next. I didn't even really care anymore. Yeah. And I think in the back of my head, I always felt like I was going to do something again that I was really proud of. Mm. And that ended up being my next journey for the next four years because, you know, I ended up spending four years traveling and traveling with a whole community, trying to figure out what that thing was. When yeah. I when I realized that I didn't want to go back to corporate, it was like, okay, I know I don't want to do that, but what's going to make a difference in the world? And, you know, I hid my accountant side for a really long time. I traveled mm-hmm. with a huge community and no one even knew me as the mm-hmm. accountant. It was the acro girl, the hula hoop girl, the gratitude girl. I helped publish a gratitude journal while I was there. I did public talks and workshops about, you know, gratitude. And I did accounting for businesses. So like for startups, I, you know, did accounting and operations to make money while I traveled. Um, but no one really knew that. And I was yeah. almost hiding the accountant side because I was looking for something that I wanted to do that was make going to make a bigger difference in the world. And accountancy kind of seemed like it was the old version of me, yeah. the old me, the, the version of me that I ran away from because I wasn't making a difference mm. in the world until I realized that, you know, only about a year and a half ago that I realized that is exactly what makes me different or two years ago now. Oh my God, I can't believe that. <laughs> um, that's what makes me different is yeah. that combination of that personal development nerd who's obsessed with mm-hmm. gratitude and mindset and all of that with the accounting. Yeah. And that was the accountancy is still something that so many people need, especially in the entrepreneur, small business, digital nomad. Yeah, I love that mindset shift that you seem to just have naturally in, but that took me a while um, in terms of like, corporate is no longer an option for me. Like I'm just not seeing that as an option that I want. So it's just not an option. And I think there are so many other options, but when you're in it, it's just like, people feed you this kind of um, this narrative that like it's the epitome of what you could possibly do with your life and it's so impressive and so anything else you almost feel is inferior but I really like that you you had this mindset shift and you've recognized that actually you didn't want to do that it didn't feel good to you and actually going working for a startup for a little bit whilst you figured out what you wanted to do and do hula hooping on the beach like (laughs) felt good so in your own way like that is not inferior at all like that is way more like fulfilling and important to go and chase what feels good I think yeah I think it really helped that both my parents were entrepreneurs in and of themselves like both my parents are real estate agents my dad was a broker of record owned a few Remax offices retired when he was 45 because he didn't want to do that anymore and then opened up a surf shop in Canada and sell stand-up paddle boards and stuff like that so it's 
I was kind of surrounded by it where, where I had entrepreneurial parents where corporate wasn't the be all and end all. Yeah. And it was almost like, you know, I think even my father said once when I was living in Dominican, he's like, yeah, if you like went into the corporate and just followed the corporate people, we wouldn't even have been that proud of you because the fact <laughs> that you're doing your own thing and you're creating something mm-hmm. and you're following your passions and you're not even just the passions, but you're creating something that's yourself and you're being an entrepreneur we're almost more proud of you for yeah. that than even getting the job at PwC. Yeah, I so agree with that. And, and taking it back to leadership as well, like if more people just led by example went and got the confidence to go and do what they really wanted to do or, or started a journey to search for it and then eventually made success, you know, that that is like what true leadership should be rather yeah. than, you know, following this thing and winning in in this conveyor belt of what everybody else has told you to do yeah and Um, especially because like there's such a cap with corporate too whereas yeah you know I felt limited Mm -hmm. in the corporate world whereas now you know as much as it's been years to build what I have I feel limitless yes I totally feel that as well and that is like almost something that wasn't a reason why I left like that feeling limited wasn't in in a reason but for sure now on the other side of it like you feel freedom in so many ways and that is one of them I think like earnings potential like joy potential you you know you can promote yourself you know that kind of thing um but yeah I'm I'm so excited to continue on talking about like this so so before you found your your coaching now and like what you do today I really want to talk about this like transition phase of kind of searching, trying, you were saying, trying mm-hmm. to find it. Like, I know you went on a crew, a digital nomad cruise yeah. and all of these things. So <laughs> tell us about this time. What did you do and how did you go about finding it? Yeah. Um, God, there was lots of, lots of trial and error. So many things. So I started working, I spent the summer um, traveling with this job with the woman in, in Dominican where I was working for her. And I still didn't really see myself as a digital nomad or someone who worked remotely. It's still like, and so many of my friends feel that way too, where they're just like, all of a sudden we found ourselves being digital nomads and working remotely and being able to travel. But it was like that we all know that moment in time that it clicked and we were like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what's possible. This is what I want. Oh, oh shit. I didn't even know. And so like, and this was like five or six years ago too, before it was even as big as it is now. And, you know, so I was doing this and eventually, I think it was in September, October, after I had been doing this for about six or seven months working with this woman, she ended up becoming the manager of of the sales team in Dominican. And she came to me and she's like, I love what you've been doing for me. um, But I now want you to do that for everyone in the office, which means you need to come and move to Dominican, Mm. which six or seven months ago would have been a dream to like live in the Dominican Republic and have this job and not be in cold Toronto anymore. But after I had been traveling and realizing what that was like, I was just like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. That's not what I want. Mm. Even though it's still on the beach and it's this, what a dream life would be. I want that freedom. Mm -hmm. So I had met a friend of mine, one of my closest friends, Patrick Farrell. He, I met him on the beach in New Jersey at an acro festival, <laughs> gratitude migration. And uh, he's now one of my closest friends. And he told us about the Nomad Cruise with me and my mm-hmm. friend, Stephanie, and told us about the Nomad Cruise. And I went on the Nomad Cruise, essentially not thinking that I was a digital nomad, mm-hmm. just thinking like, oh, I want to learn about how to build a website for my dad's business so yes. I can help him. And, you know, to learn a little bit more about this email marketing thing that I've been working with, with this woman. And I just want to travel a bit. So I went on this cruise because he was going on it and seemed like a good travel thing. And that community and that cruise honestly changed my life. That was the moment that I realized that this is a lifestyle. And when I was living in Dominican, my friend used to always say this, is that everybody there was living la vida broca. 
<laughs> and everyone who lived there was great, but they were like, okay, like we're gonna, we love living on the beach. This is our lifestyle, but we're just doing, we're just making ends meet mm-hmm. so that we can live in our, our bubble and live on the beach. Mm-hmm. And then the corporate world was very corporate and no freedom. And I didn't feel like I fit in either yeah, of them. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then when I went on this nomad cruise, I was like, you can have the entrepreneurial side, you can have the driven side and the freedom side and wanting mm-hmm. to live on a beach and do what you want. And I was like, oh, I found my people. Yeah, that's so amazing. And paint the picture of this cruise. How long was it? Where were you? How big was it? Like, So I've been on five cruises now. So they happen twice a month back in the day, which I'm so sad they're not anymore. They do have a home base now. So the community now does it in actual locations now mm-hmm. might be in Cape Town in November I might go meet everyone cool. but they were so the first one we did was from Gran Canaria Spain yep. to Las Palmas um no to Panama mm-hmm. oh wow um, <laughs> yeah so we went it was transatlantic so it was two weeks and imagine taking a bunch of digital nomads who work on their phones and their computers and put them on a boat where they can't go anywhere and there's no internet. Mm, oh, no internet. You could pay for it, but a lot of people didn't because it was just like so expensive and it was time that you actually took off. Yeah. So you have all of these digital nomads who do so many different things locked in a mm. conference setting with wow. like 250 people. And there was other cruisers on the boat. So there was other cruisers that would always just kind of hang out, but our conference was essentially on the boat and we had right. a little like lanyards and mm. like we were like the community and the conference that was on the boat. So it was about 250 people that's in the Nomad Cruise like mm. conference. And there was talks every single day. They have this like big board that was like meet up. So if you wanted to talk about going to Burning Man, like we taught acro yoga on the cruise during like on the front deck during sunset every single day. So whatever you could contribute, you did like a meetup. So you go to the board and see, what do I want to talk about today? What do I want to contribute and talk to other people about? What do I want to attend? What talks do I want to attend? Mm -hmm. And it was just completely eye-opening. And then when the cruise ends, Usually everyone just goes home after a cruise because that was their vacation, but we're digital nomads. So we oh, hang yeah. out together. Yeah. So my friend Steph and I had these plans to go to Costa Rica and do this and go all over the place. Still never been because we stuck with the nomad cruise community. Mm. So with about anywhere between 50 to 250 people, we travel to cities and like take over the wow. city. You know, fun. it was so much fun. <laughs> so we went from like, Panama to Bocas del Toro to Medellin, Colombia. I took a couple of them to Dominican. We did a road trip around Dominican in my car. I ended up getting a, a job in Miami for the as the head of accounting and operations for a yoga company. So that was the first job I got where I was like, oh, this is more aligned with me. I do my accounting, but for a yoga company. Mm-hmm. So I went to Miami for a couple months, back to Dominican. And then in the spring, that was the fall, in the spring, there was another cruise. So then I went on that cruise and then the next fall, there was another cruise. So then I went on that cruise. So it was always like meeting up with the community before the cruise, going on the cruise and then traveling with them for months on end. Mm. And for two years, we spent Christmas together. We called them cruise misses. So we would like be traveling after the cruise and then just spend Christmas together. So Mm. one year we were in, uh, I still don't say this right, but like Jerry Cuara in Brazil, Mm -hmm. um, where there was like 35 of us or 40 of us that all spent Christmas together because we had been traveling from the cruise that happened probably like a month month and a half prior and all like you know Rio for New Year's and right pre-COVID we were in um we were in Thailand mm-hmm. Kotal Thailand oh, yeah, yeah. So a, little, a little island in Kotal oh nice that's amazing yeah mm-hmm. so then essentially we were traveling I was traveling with the Nomad Cruise community right up until COVID where I was in Kotal and then I came to Bali um February 2020 to have to come to Bali because there was a bunch of people here we had a reunion the day after I landed and there was 65 cruisers that were in mm. Bali that we all just went to alternative beach and oh, fun. reunion reunion <laughs> wow oh god I didn't know it was so huge and also what a great setup for everyone to be swapping skills and teaching each other and I'm sure like business partnerships came out of that so many I just love that and I love how also that just showed you what was possible as well by seeing so many examples 
Um, so let's fast forward a little bit to where, when you realized that actually, um, when you found it. So it's yeah. like when you, when you felt comfortable to use this like amazing account accountancy skill and then, you know, marry it with all of this other more spiritually kind of stuff, like mindset stuff. What talk us through when that happened. Yeah. So, you know, I talk to so many people who are, you know, wanting to be digital nomads or have started and don't know their thing. And I'm just like, and they put so much pressure on themselves. Mm -hmm. And it took me over four years. And I was so frustrated by the end of those four years because I was doing jobs. And even throughout that time, which I didn't mention before, is mindset was the biggest part of it. And this, even what I do now with money mindset, like I always had this mindset ever since I was like even a kid that got from my parents, where it was like, I can do whatever I want, obviously within reason, and I will always have enough money to cover it. So I would go to all these cruises, I would go to festivals, I would travel around the world, and I would know, even though I didn't know where my next paycheck was necessarily always coming from, I knew opportunities would be presented to me, I would take advantage of them, and I would have enough. And I didn't track my income for the whole year like I do now, which is a big thing that I talk about, but I ended up tracking it at the end of the year to see like where I was, you know, we all have to do that for taxes. Eventually I tracked how much I made and I tracked how much I spent without knowing it. My belief was so solid and reality hit so hard that I had spent a hundred dollars more than I had spent. Wow. Or I Spent $100 more than I had made. Yeah. Wow. Literally almost. And this is like, this was, I think, between $50,000 and $70,000. So it's not like it was, you know, $20,000, bucks off. Like it was literally almost to the penny. And and this is what I say now is like, your belief is 100% it. Like I traveled for four years, kind of just like making ends meet and enjoying my life. But no matter what, even when I didn't know or I wasn't planning, that belief, like, a hundred percent was what created my reality mm. that I always knew. Now my new thing is kind of saying I have excess. Yeah. And like I make more than yeah. I spend and all that, which is like my own personal shift. And this is also where it comes through where sometimes your mindset that you think is a positive mindset, me thinking I always have enough to make what I, whatever I want to spend is actually something I needed to shift because mm. it was hindering how much I was making. Mm. Um, and the extents that I, the extensiveness that I could, but you know, so that belief held me through for those four years. I had this solid belief that no matter what I was going to be taken care of, no mm. matter what things were going to come to me, opportunities were going to come to me that would cover what I needed. And I would, some months were like way overspent. Some months I didn't spend anything and made more money. It wasn't consistent. I didn't track it, Mm. but I always knew. And it always happened. That was always the I think I do that. What what do you think was behind what, now you know what you know, like what, what causes that belief? What was behind that? Um, well, my mom set me down in front of and watched The Secret when I was like 16. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Great mom. <laughs> yeah. So this whole concept of, you know, the universe provides and, and all of that, you know, and the more that you notice it happening, the more that belief can sink in. Mm. So a lot of times we like, we make a bunch of money, we spend it, we're stressed out about like the back and forth of it all. And we don't really acknowledge those times that it actually happened. So the more that we actually stop and we're grateful for those times that it happens, when those opportunities are presented to us, when we do something and it it covers what we need, or we want to go do something and we start believing, we're like, we have a bit of doubt, but we believe kind mm-hmm. of, we try to tell ourselves that we believe it, that we're going to have enough to cover it. And then all of a sudden something happens. We're just like, oh, cool, great. Let's go do mm-hmm. it. But really stopping and acknowledging it and being like, I'm freaking powerful. And like that, that always comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's no, there's nothing outside of that. Yeah. I love, I love that kind of uh, distinguishing though of the belief of it's okay. I'm going to be fine. I have enough versus I have excess. Like what, because you, I always thought like I had good money mindset with that first belief, but actually when you compare it, like that is kind of holding you back a little bit, isn't it? Like yeah. I 
I always have enough like it's it's okay it's not like a really bad belief but it, it will limit you right so- and it also depends on what your enough is like I know I'd have some clients that I was just working with where they were like they're penny pinching and they're like trying to like travel on a budget and they don't want to spend over their means because they know how much they make and they don't ever go over it but they always stay on that level mm-hmm. because they're enough is that amount but the moment your enough increases and like that amount that you want to make and you actually start spending like you are in that level it just it happens and you level up but if you keep on saying I only make enough for what I need and you keep yourself at that level Mm. you stay at that level yeah that's that's uh, like such a light bulb in my head. <laughs> we just went off on a tangent. Um, but okay, so you realized you had these um, beliefs and these um, these things around money. And at what point did you then decide, oh my God, I can help people with this stuff? Oh yeah, sorry, this was like a little side tangent. That was what we started there. <laughs> no, but it's um, great. It's so such good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So four years, I was so frustrated by the end of it. And it's funny because like, there were so many signs. So many people have told me for a couple of years to be like, you can help people with money. You have that background. Yeah. You can do it. And I didn't believe it was enough. I didn't see what that was like. Mm-hmm. And the week before I had this light bulb moment, so many of my friends are messaging me being like, oh, okay, like what type of um, accounting software would you recommend? And I didn't have like, this is what you should have, but I sent them five minute voice notes being like, this is what you should consider with that. This is what you mm-hmm. should consider. With, this is what you need. This is what you don't need. Um, and then so many people came to me with different advice. And then there was this whole conversation one day where my friends are like, I don't know who to go to for accounting advice. Like I have my tax accountant that does the taxes, but I can't ask them, you know, I'm not going to ask my 60 year old accountant, Walter, Mm -hmm. how to track my revenue and expenses. And, you know, those simple questions that you feel embarrassed about asking. And then of course you have the investment advisors and our hotshot investment friends. And like, again, you don't want to ask them the embarrassing, like really simple questions, but we weren't taught this in school well, yeah. obviously I was but majority of people weren't so yeah. all my friends are like I don't know who to go to and the fact that I now know you're an accountant I have so many questions yeah. because I'm scared to ask other people I'm scared to ask other people in your industry because I feel stupid I feel less mm. than I'm not an entrepreneur if I don't know these things and I don't have anyone to turn to but you are approachable you're mm. non-judgmental you will say this to me in a way that doesn't make me feel stupid and will say it in a way that makes sense to me. And I also realize there's so many people out there who was teaching small like entrepreneurs or digital nomads or solopreneurs how to use QuickBooks, how to use Zero, yeah. how to do accounting. But so many people, they don't, it's not the way their brain works. Yeah. They're like, I want something that works with the way that I work, that yeah. I'm consistent with, that doesn't give me so much anxiety and I dread yeah. doing every <laughs> single freaking week. Like, I want something that's easy for me, that I can understand, that I can feel empowered with the numbers and feel like an entrepreneur in my mm-hmm. business. And nobody was really meeting them in their space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but there's so many other things that you can do. Like, if QuickBooks doesn't work for you and you don't necessarily need financial statements, like a balance sheet and income statement, if you're like a high-end person who needs investors, great, yeah, you yeah. need that. But if you're a solopreneur, you just need to know how much money you're making and how yeah. much you're spending. <laughs> you can do that in a really simple Excel spreadsheet that you can do in like two, five minutes a yeah. week, you know, if you have the right systems to do it. So I realized there was just like this huge gap where the industry was just so harsh. There was no one for them to turn to. And you also need both sides mm-hmm. because you have the people, we see a lot of them here in Bali, where are like, I'm a money mindset coach. Mm-hmm. You just got to match your vibrations with money and it'll all just flow in. And I'm like, yes, yes I believe that. <laughs> but what do you do when it actually comes in? How do you manage yeah. it? And if you don't know that, you end up in this, what I call um, self-sabotaging mindset, where that's where unexpected expenses come into your life mm. because you don't feel responsible to have that amount of money. Or yeah. you limit the amount of money that comes into you because you're uncomfortable with having that amount of money because you don't know what to do with it. Mm. So you end up self-sabotaging unconsciously because having that much is uncomfortable for you. 
So you need the management side of it. Mm -hmm. And you have so many people out there, like I said, who's like teaching you cookbooks, teaching you all this stuff. But if someone is anxious looking into their bank accounts every single week or has, you know, a terrible scarcity mindset or worthiness or judgment around money or guilt around receiving money, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many times I teach you how to use QuickBooks, you're not going to be consistent with it and you're not going to get the benefits out of knowing your numbers and growing and expanding in your business. And I literally went to sleep one night being like, I don't know what to do. Even though I just had all these conversations, went to sleep, (laughs) watched a movie, like went to bed, so upset being like, I don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. I'm so upset. And I just want to help the universe. And I want to help people. I surrender. I effing surrender because I have, I just, I want to bite my teeth into something. I want to make a difference. I want to do something. And I literally woke up. It was like night and day. I woke up and I was like, this is it. Yay. I love that. And obviously that is not what I thought the day of. This has definitely expanded so much over Mm -hmm. the next, like over like the last two years. Um, but it's just, it's only grown from there and it's been absolutely life-changing mm. and life-changing for so many people. Mm. And it's, it's been absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. I love that. And I, I really liked that you kept searching and you kept questioning and you kept like, I don't know, doing the inner work. And then you came to this thing and also having conversations with people was so important, like experimenting with like what people need help with and asking and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I, I just think that that's so that's so important and also just just what you offer like that blend of the practical with the mindset is so important yeah and I like even when you were saying you know people are intimidated talking about finance and like I that was my first thing that I thought working in banking when I when I like my first day I didn't know what anything meant like any of these terms it was like another language and then after like a year you start to understand the language and then you can figure things out and I just thought to myself why have they made this so complicated like the the terms they use uh it's like intentionally done to exclude people I feel so like what you're offering to provide the safe space for people to access this new world of what they you know they need to be managing the finances of their business to stay afloat and to make more money and to have a great life um but also in a safe way that feels good to them and hopefully they could even potentially enjoy at some point, you know, hundred percent. Like even all of my clients, even after, you know, I have an eight week group program. And even after eight weeks, we go through mindset, we go through management, we go through financial planning and mm. like setting yourself up for future success and like everything. And like every single one of them, like I had a client, like we just finished an eight week program a couple of weeks ago. And, and one girl was like, I'm almost about to say I'm excited to go into Good. this spreadsheet. She's like, <laughs> I'm not going to fully say excited yet, but I never thought that I would ever even get to this point. Like, mm-hmm. I'm excited to go in and see what's happening. I'm, I feel on top of it. I feel empowered. And this is how it's almost grown, where I feel like when I was working in corporate, it was like corporations helping corporations to make more money and have a bigger impact. But with solopreneurs, especially females, I love I love working with women. I mostly work with women. I do work with men, but I love working with women because we have this guilt around receiving money. We have worthiness. We have all of this. And I'm not saying men don't either, but almost at a different like root mm-hmm. level, you know? And if we can all come together and be you know, supportive of each other, to be on top of our finances, to accept money, to support each other when it comes to money, to be on top of it, to make those positive financial decisions in our business, because we're on top of our money, we're stepping into our entrepreneurial CFO position in our business. And we do that, we can grow and have a bigger impact on this world because money isn't, money is power. It really Mm -hmm. is. And money isn't necessarily evil or good or bad or anything like that, but you can have more of an impact on this world with more money. And if a bunch of women who want to make a positive impact on this world, have more money and make better financial decisions to make more money, to have a bigger impact, we can have a bigger impact on this world by doing that and, yeah. and growing in that way it's so true we're so on the same page with this because if someone makes if someone gets rid of their money like things holding them back and, and they make more money they impact more people through the services of their business or their product yeah. they also can then hire more people like yeah. more women or or have many people and a, a female-owned business where that female leader leads authentically and doesn't bring like 
the toxic patriarchal kind of corporate management style that we're all used to grows their business and keeps hiring makes it bigger and has this amazing culture like that like like what you say like that changes the world and that starts with kind of um making sure that you have the mindset and the tools to be able to expand that much I guess yeah um okay so we were talking about this before we hit record and I I want to just talk about the financial tips for people quitting their jobs because we both did it in a similar way in the sense that we saved to leave and I I really question I mean some people are able to start a business on the side and grow it to a point and then leave seamlessly (laughs) but like I just think in my like you know banking and like in accounting these are high pressured like jobs that require a lot of your energy a lot of hours like really realistically it's kind of difficult and yeah the mindset you're in sometimes in these jobs is just so negative that it's so hard to think of anything that you want to do as well even if you have the time for a side hustle you don't have the mental capacity to go and switch back and forth necessarily always yeah I remember the funniest thing I did procrastination and just so ridiculous was I bought a membership to this private uh, private women's club in London for entrepreneurs and it was like one and a half grand or something for this membership for the for the year <laughs> I went twice and it was oh around boy. the corner from my office and the point was if I spend the money on this I will start my business because it's yeah. a great environment and I went twice and it, I just threw that money out the window <laughs> it's just yeah. like it is so hard to get the energy and the mindset so what are your tips for people like quitting their jobs? How can you make people feel comfortable with saving? And I guess the fear associated with that is that you won't make revenue streams off your own back fast enough. You'll run out of money, basically. What, yeah. what Talk about that for us. Yes, of course. And I guess like this can be for entrepreneurs who are already in it as well. But it's this idea that, well, the first thing I'm going to say, which hopefully everyone likes, is do not try to budget. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, teach me how to budget, Mm -hmm. like, and like save money by budgeting. 70 or no, 80% of people, 75% of people have tried a budget and 70% of those people have failed in it. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's proven not to work. And if you have a budget where you're like, this is how much I can spend in each like particular thing, you're always analyzing and saying, I don't have enough for this thing. I don't have enough for this thing. I don't have enough. And the more of a mindset you're in with this, like, I don't have enough, you will always not have enough. Mm -hmm. So it breeds more scarcity. So what I implement with my clients is this like a a version of profit first, which is the idea of allocating money based on your highest priorities and consciously deciding where your money wants to go or where you want to spend your money on what's most important to you. Mm -hmm. So whether you are an entrepreneur and you're saving and you're investing and you're, you know, saving for travel or doing whatever, reinvesting into your business, or you're working corporate and you want to save to end up leaving and, and to travel and become a digital nomad or, or whatever that life is for you on the other side, it's deciding what you what's most important to you to spend your money on and allocating the money based on that. So the way that this looks in a very simplified way that everyone can do is just, you know, it's, it's also a concept in Profit First as well. And, and it's actually a theory where you know, you give someone a month to do something like a task, they will take a month to do it. You give someone a week to do the same task, they will take a week to do it. And it's this idea that the resources that you have, you will expand to the level that you that you have. Yeah. So the same thing works with money. When people get huge raises and increase their amount of money they make, they end up not really saving anymore, but their lifestyle or their their um, standard of living doesn't necessarily change because it's just kind of, they just use the resources in an everyday manner. But the same thing can happen the other way. If you're spending 100% of your income right now and living off of 100%, you, chances are you can live off of 95%, 90%, maybe even 85% of it 
and your standard of living won't actually change. But if you actually take that 5, 10, 15%, if you're really pushing it, you know, or even more, if you can, if you take that and put it completely in a separate bank account, Mm -hmm. take it out so that you live off of what's in your bank account. You just live off of that while you're saving and putting it aside. You can live off of 90%, 85%, 95% of your income pretty easily Mm -hmm. and just like make that work while you're setting aside money for what you want. And when you're actually making decisions in your spending, the biggest thing I talk about my clients with in regards to the financial planning side is what we do first is we set our goals. Mm -hmm. We set our very specific goals, not only of how much money we want to make, but what we want to spend our money on, what that life looks like, what that life. And the biggest thing, when you set your goals for the future and what that life looks like, narrow it down to what does that cost? How much are you going to budget? Like, what do you budget on living? What do you budget on eating when you budget on travel what does that life that you want not only does it like this is what I'm going to do and this is what it's going to be like what does that actually cost narrow it down get specific and not only does that help you make more money because you have a specific goal that you want to work towards but when you're making spending decisions when you're deciding to go out when you're deciding to do whatever you know, it isn't that I don't have enough money to do this thing that I want that's in front of me. It's more, I'm really excited about spending it on something else that's more important to me. So I'm going to not spend it on what's in front of me and I'm going to spend it on what's more important to me. And the same thing happens when you're really clear on what's important to you to spend your money on, you make different decisions. Like for me, I have a relatively large budget on where I live because it's very important to me. I'm a homebody. I like having a home office. I have a higher budget. You know, I have a boyfriend who's, you know, sober, doesn't drink. I don't drink that often. I don't spend money on going out. You know, it's not something that's important to me. So I don't spend it on that even when I have the opportunities to because a home is more important to me. Some people are fine living. And I remember back in the day, I was fine living in like a hostile life, whatever, and going out and partying with my friends and having that, that was more important to me. So when you consciously make the decisions of what's important to you to spend your money on, you are consciously deciding where to spend your money and you're already consciously budgeting your budgeting your money. Yeah, I love that on so many levels. And I think a lot of, that'll help a lot of people because I think, Um, well a lot of people listening to this will be in fortunate positions anyway in terms of earning more than they need in jobs so they can quite easily save right yeah but at the same time they might feel the opportunity cost of that saving because most people like our age in cities are saving like to buy a house or for their for to get married in the future or something like that right like traditional things and I think the thought of saving to quit a job or to start a business doesn't feel on the same level as those things. And I think it's really important to apply that mentality of what you just said. The priority, you know, at this time, the priority for me is not um, buying a house, it's starting a business and getting onto a path of work that I actually enjoy. That's what's important to me. And it's like not having this dropout mentality and not this like, lack mentality it's like no I'm investing in a future and eventually I you know if I want to get married if I want to buy a house I will be able to but I'll also be doing something I love at the same time yeah and it can be risky like when I left obviously like I had saved up about 20 grand I blew through that in a few years and then when I started my business of course I had a bit but not that much Mm -hmm. saved so a lot of people are like oh but like you ended up blowing all of your savings and all this stuff but you know that's okay. Mm. And it's, it can be risky, but I also know that like, I now have a business. I have a life that I absolutely love and I have limitless possibilities in my business. Mm -hmm. And I know without a doubt, if I just keep trekking along in my business, there is no other like result than it being successful. The only thing you have to trust is your tenacity and your ability to get up and keep going because if you just keep going and keep going and keep going even if you get knocked down there is like it's inevitable to be successful yeah so that's all you have to trust is that like even if you spend your savings on this you can start a business you can you will be successful whether no matter how long it takes it may take longer than you want or what you expect and might take some patience you know I've been there but 
it will be successful no matter what. The only thing you need is the grit to keep on moving. So the more you know that, the more it's just like, you know, it, it's okay. You have a whole new life. And for anyone out there, for you to feel off because everyone around you is saving up for the house, saving up to get married, saving up for all of that. And you feel like you're the only odd one out. You are not at all. Yeah. Like we're here in Bali surrounded yeah. by a bunch of people where that's absolutely normal. If it yeah. feels odd for you, don't feel like you're abnormal. It's, it's a hundred percent normal. And you just yeah need to find your people yeah exactly and I think um I, I want to shift this to like okay get when you're getting started in business how does it work but I think a big thing as well is going and like reducing your costs to once you've quit and you've got this level of savings like there's things you can do to reduce your costs like one moving somewhere that costs less to live oh, it's insane. like here and then somewhere like here you find your people all doing the same thing as well like and you get to live in the tropics. Like, <laughs> there's so many amazing ways that you can you can do this. And like you said, you went to the, the Dominican and it's like, there's so many options to be able to kind of like, you don't have to stay in your city. Like London, for, for me, is like one of the most expensive cities in the world. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, like we live, I we everyone keeps asking like when I'm going to go back to Canada mm-hmm. or go to the UK where my boyfriend's from or, you know, all of this. And we live in a, ta- in a, in a city or a town or whatever that it costs a fifth to like, you know, maybe yeah. 25% to like literally 10% of what it would be in, in London or, or downtown Toronto. And we have more time because in that cost, we have, I have a meal plan. I have, mm-hmm. you know, multiple gym passes. I have someone who cleans the house. Mm-hmm. I have, I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't do my laundry. I don't do all the things that take up my time. So I live here, spend less and have way more time to work on myself and my business mm-hmm while I go for coconuts on the beach yeah. for sunset, you know, there's no other place in the world that, that makes sense when you are in that time and you can find places, whether like, you know, Medellin's a big place, Lisbon's a big place. Um, Cape Town's a big digital, digital nomad place, Thailand, Bali. Mm-hmm. There's so many places all over the world that are a fraction of probably what you're spending right now. So, you know, even if you become a freelancer, you become a, an entrepreneur, you have to make a fraction of what you make at home mm-hmm. to live a lifestyle. So it can be so much easier and yeah. you have way more time too. And it's funny as well, because the moment I came here, it ticked off so many of my dream boxes of like living in paradise and stuff. And yeah. really like, you know, it's to save some money initially that's funny um okay so we're coming we're coming to the final part so the first the last question before we go on to the quick fire round is just tips for people getting started in their businesses so let's say someone quit their job and they're starting their business with that they maybe get a few sales in they're starting to spend on systems and things what are your, your top tips for that stage um always know your numbers like just always know your numbers even from the very beginning like I know it can be a little anxious sometimes to like go into your bank account every single you know week it's like nerve-wracking know where your number know where your money's coming from know where you're spending it and go in there and be aware of it with not like there's a fine line between anxious and judgment around looking at your numbers and empowerment and awareness. Mm -hmm. And you can go into your bank account and judge yourself for how much you spent and be anxious about it. And like, that's why people don't want to be in it. But knowing that if you know where you're spending your money, you know where your expenses are, you know where your money's coming from, that if you have that awareness, it's empowerment. It allows you to make better financial decisions, both spending and business, personal, everything. So every time you look at your bank account, look at your numbers, know your numbers, and stay on the side of empowerment and awareness Mm -hmm. and be grateful for the money that you have in there. Don't be kind of anxious, be like, oh, I can't believe I spent that amount of money. Be grateful for the money that was in there to provide you the things that you had. Go into your bank account, look at your numbers, know your numbers with a gratitude state and awareness state and uh, empowered state, even from the beginning. And like we said, just the mindset, like trust, 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 trust. One of the first steps in the mindset side of things 
is, you know, when you have a house, like post like money around your house, post it above your bed, post it in your mirror, post it in your kitchen, post it in your, on your desk at your computer, you know, and have that be a reminder, kind of like an affirmation being like, I am surrounded by money all the mm-hmm. time. Money is flowing to me at all times. Money loves me. I love money and have it be that constant reminder that there is money all around us. And a, a simple fact is that there is enough money in this world that every single person could have a billion dollars. Like there is not a lack of money in this world. There's not like this whole idea of scarcity and like money is hard to make. Like literally there is so much money in this world. You are not taking it from anyone else. You are not like, it's not hard there. It is around you all the time. It is an energy. So just tap into that, know how limitless money is. And the fact is that even if we started running out of money, they would print more. Yeah. Money isn't <laughs> a tangible thing the anymore. They're printing it. <laughs> you know, they're printing more of it. They're we're mining it out of thin air. Yeah. Like I really don't I should understand what cryptocurrency mm. a little bit more, but like we're mining money out of thin air. Like yeah. it's not a limited thing. So have money posted around you to remind yourself as you're starting your business. I am surrounded by money. Clients are around me all the time. Money is surrounds me all the time. Like, and don't be stuck on exactly how you receive money. Money can come to you in so many different ways. Be open to it. Know that money is on its way to you all the time and work on that mindset. Like we said, like when I worked for four years, like money opportunities came to me that I obviously took advantage of. I'm not saying that money just flew to me, you know, from thin air, which actually sometimes it does, but you know, um, unexpected money comes, opportunity comes. No, without a doubt, you are covered for whatever you need. That just makes, you know, a huge step. And before there's another little tip I thought about before we even came here is before you go to become an entrepreneur, look at your money mindset. Now, while you have a stable income, look at where there could be cracks, because when you get out into the entrepreneurial world, that shit will like, sorry, I didn't mean to swear that will, okay. That shit will rear its head like no other. So if you can start looking at where that comes from and, and every money mindset narrows down to scarcity, worthiness, guilt and judgment and self-sabotage. So look at where that actually comes through right now while you have a stable income and start looking at like your relationship with money. You have a relationship with money like you have a relationship with your family or your friends. It's something to work on. Look at that before you quit your job and start working on that now Mm -hmm. because it will like, of course it will get worse when you start, Mm -hmm. you know, traveling around, when you start your own business, there's no sugarcoating that. So Mm -hmm. the earlier you look at it, the earlier you work on that, the easier it will be when you get into the the harder parts. Yeah, that's so true. And I think back to the days when I, like, I was earning like six figures in my banking um, career, all at my finance career before I left here. And I remember like, that money to pay rises and bonuses would come quite easily. And I was so strange because I like hated my job. And so I think I actually ended up creating this bad relationship with money because the more I got of it, the more I hated my life in a really strange backwards way. And I'm sure other people might be feeling that as well because that, yes, okay, you made a lot of money in corporate, but that when you start running a business, if you feel like the more money you're going to earn is going to make you hate your life more, that is not going to help when you're running a business, you know? Um, So yes, so true to do this work before you even leave. Um, Okay, so where um, last last section is the quick fire round. Um, And then we can tell... The listeners where they can find you and everything yes. they're going to want to have a look so quick fire first t- question how did you get your first 10 sales um my first 10 sales in this particularly mm-hmm. um for me a lot of it was my network mm-hmm. so I have a lot of other coaching clients who actually help people start businesses so it was perfect because they mm-hmm. started promoting what I was doing and they help people run businesses mm-hmm. so they were starting to get to the point where they were making money and they needed help managing it and also one of the first times was just starting to talk on my social media even to the people who knew me talking about what I did, what my new message was, who I was, how I wanted to present myself in the world was nerve wracking, especially like getting in, like, you know, people knew me about the mindset stuff, but like really talking in just my network about 
who I was and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to serve. It was surprising how many people in my own network Mm -hmm. wanted that and were very curious about it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. were open to it. Even people that like I hadn't talked to in years that I hadn't, you know, seen in forever. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought about were reaching out to me being like, I love what you're saying. I love what you're doing. Like what's, I want to know more. So talking about it openly, you know, in your network, in your social media, no holds bar, just like go out there and do it. And then your network is your net worth hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. And you're really good at that. Like being visible on social media as in like showing your face and talking and things like that. And I think for what you do, that's so important because people want to feel trust. Yeah. And, you know, they want to see the person behind the number because banking doesn't have that normally. You know? I will be easy with you, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, number two, what sets women apart as leaders? Um, I think our empathy. Mm-hmm. Our empathy, our understanding, our desire for goodness and warmth mm-hmm. in this world. And, you know, and I think sometimes it can be to a fault, but also positive, you know, back to numbers, you know, it's statistically known that men will in a job ask for the raise first mm-hmm. and then try to do whatever it needs to be done and, and prove themselves after they already ask. Women will actually try to prove themselves first before they think that they can, you know, ask for the raise, which is what I get into a lot about, like, you know, worthiness and, and guilt around money. But that can, if that energy is out there in the world and we step up a little bit more, Mm -hmm. that empathy, that warmth, that patience, that, you know, proving ourselves can make huge ripple effects and huge impacts on the world. Yeah. Last question. So number one tip for overcoming fear in business. I know it's probably everyone's like, just do it. Like the (laughs) uncomfortable is there, but you know, you're not alone, Mm -hmm. you know, find your people. I think that's it. Yeah. Find your people, even no matter where you live right now, there are probably other people, whether it's Facebook groups. I honestly think that Facebook groups, I am not a part of a lot of them, but so many people at home find them so immensely helpful Mm -hmm. because they find their people and they find support when they don't necessarily find it in their friends and family Mm -hmm. in their community so find communities whether it's Facebook find gatherings in your hometown Mm -hmm. for people who enjoy traveling or enjoy entrepreneurship or even like digital nomad hubs like there's digital nomad hubs in every single town go to find a co-working they always have events find meetups in uh, with people that you like and or with people that you feel more connected to find your people, find the people who are doing the things that you want to be doing and talk to them, mm-hmm. network with them, find them, find that community. Cause the more people around you or the more people you converse with that are doing what you want to do or interested in those things, the less, um, solitary you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's like 20 tips. In one. <laughs> so good. Just reeling them off there. Um, okay. Nikki. So where can the listeners find you, find your programs, Give all the links. Yes, of course. Well, every it's very easy. Everything is my name. So it's Nikki Bartol, N-I-K-K-I-B-A-R-T-O-L. Um, Instagram, I'm a, more on Instagram than I think anything else. And of course, my website is the same, NikkiBartol.com. I do private coaching one-on-one. I do a group program that I run a few times a year. And I also am releasing a new offer in the next few weeks. So hopefully Ooh. by the time this is out, you'll know. And it's actually usually... You have to do like a full coaching program which is like an investment to get consultations with me but I'm opening up a new offer which is like you know one-off consultations to talk mostly about like spreadsheets and setting up systems for me to like audit and look at the way that money flows in your business to kind of point and give you improvements on how that works creating spreadsheets but also of course I love talking about money mindset so I'll never not talk to someone in a consultation (laughs) about money mindset so um yeah those are my my main things and of course um you know Facebook Instagram I'm even on TikTok even though I haven't posted there for a while but everything is my name yay and I'll put all those links in the show notes as well but thank you so much of coming on today thank you one last thing is I do have a money mindset freebie 
workbooks that you can find on my Instagram as well. So if you want to kind of take the first steps to learning Mm -hmm. what your money mindset is um, and the first steps to kind of overcoming that money mindset, it's on my Instagram. Perfect. And I'll link to that freebie as well so people can just go to that. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This is so much fun. I just wanted to tell you about an incredible free event that I've organized called the Female Startup Summit. This is the most exciting announcement and exciting thing I've put out there yet. And I've rounded up seven incredible speakers for you with amazing workshops like branding your business, managing your money as an entrepreneur, human design, getting sales on autopilot using funnels. Like honestly, the lineup is so, so good. I am so excited and the best part tickets are absolutely free of charge and you can sign up using the link in the show notes so this event is for you if you have a dream of starting your own online business and moving to Bali or traveling the world or perhaps you started your business but you're in a bit of a funky place with it and you want to get some inspiration this is the event for you and it's totally free. The summit is designed to be completely convenient for you so it's easily watchable from anywhere in the world. None of this having to get up in the middle of the night to watch a live video because, you know, let's be honest, no one really wants to do that. (laughs) The speakers have each pre-recorded their value-packed workshops and access will be unlocked one by one every morning from the 10th of July. So all you have to do is find an hour a day to watch each workshop at a time that suits you. Masterclasses will be available for 10 days after July the 10th. And on top of the fact that it's free, we've decided to give everyone who registers the chance to win over $1,000 of prizes. Our speakers have been super generous with the prizes and there are places on their courses, little one-to-one sessions, It's an amazing prize and one lucky winner will take the lot. So you have to be in it to win it, register, and you might win that incredible prize. Head over to the show notes and save your spot now. Spaces are limited, so be quick. And please share the love for this event and encourage your friends to attend too. It's going to be such a valuable week. What you'll learn in this summit could help you start your dream business that could be a ticket out of your nine to five. Honestly, it's going to be amazing. Head to the link in the show notes and sign up now. 